0: Hi, this is Vaughn Laurie from 360 Magazine. And today we have the pleasure and opportunity to sit down with Savannah Lee May. She is a budding actress from Hales from Houston. Julie and the Phantoms is on her resume. You've probably seen some movies of hers. Secret Lives of Cheerleaders, The Night Squad, and now up and coming A Cowgirls Song. And a seven year old son introduced me to TikTok. He's now 11, about to be 12. Speaking of TikTok, how, how did you get into this phenomenon of these TikTok dances?
1: It was actually funny because I didn't have TikTok before I did uh, Julie and the Phantoms. It was the funniest thing. They were like, would you guys be down like making TikTok count for us? <coughs> okay, sure, that's
0: fine. I know I've seen you somewhere. You dance, you move, you crack me up. And I'm like, who is this girl? Who are these young ladies who are dancing around on TikTok? And I'm like, wow, Okay, how did you get started on dance? Did your parents dance? Did your mom dance? Did your dad dance? How did this all come about? Were you trained?
1: I started really like looking up like true dance videos on TikTok because I've been dancing since I was like three and a half. So dancing was like what kind of got me into the industry. So then I just started like doing these like really fun dances I saw and especially during uh like quarantine.
0: Right some of your videos even some of the ones you pinned some of them have like 1 million and 6 million you know, watches or, or views on some of these dances that you've done, which is phenomenal.
1: When you're like stuck inside the house, like it was it was really fun, but that's how I got involved in like TikTok because it, it was like, it's kind of the craziest thing. I was, I would, they put me in dance when I was like three and a half. My grandma like invented a little song to like help me try and chew and like remember to chew. And I started like dancing to it when she would feed me. And then like, when I was able to walk, they started noticing that like, I would just get up and start like dancing or moving. And I don't think anyone expected it to turn into all this, so.
0: Let's talk about genres of music. What's beneath those TikToks? Those dance moves are being done by some urban music in several different genres. I'm talking about like Chris Brown dance um, songs, all different types of dance songs. So I'm just wondering like, where'd you get this love for this music, for this types of music?
1: Like, I really don't know where it kind of came from. I feel that when I was, like, younger, I started in, like, ballet and tap and, like, jazz and everything like that, but then I always loved, like, way more, like, fast-paced, upbeat, something with a really good beat I always loved. But then when I was younger, I saw the movie Step Up. That was what, like, introduced me to, like, hip-hop and then street dancing, and I fell in love with it, and I was like, oh, my God, I want to learn how to, like, do hip-hop, I want to that. And every time I went to a dance convention, you know, they have tons of other classes and then there'd be like one or two hip hop ones. That's what I looked forward to every single day. I was like prepared for the hip hop. I loved it so much. My studio didn't offer it when I was younger. So like that, those like two days at a dance convention was when I was like living my best life, like loving it. And the older I got, the more into it I got. And the more I like figured out how much love I have for it so then of course like i started listening to the music as well but it also helped that i grew up with a mom and dad who were very like versatile with their genres because my mom grew up with country music but then she was like the biggest fan of michael jackson my dad would listen to like acdc but also listen to like eminem and so like in the car on the way to school we'd listen to like on the way to our little like Christian private school on the way we'd listen to like Eminem and ACBC. And like, that was our like morning jam when I was like in elementary school. So <laughs> I grew up with a very versatile, you know, love for music. And then the more I got into dance and the more I got into hip hop, the more I started listening to more like r and and rap and hip hop. And that's like the biggest shock factor when people like look at my playlists.
0: Yes, because I'm hearing Ada Wade's Big bass trap music. I'm like, what is going on, Savannah? This young lady with this, this diabolical accent that goes in and out from being East Coast to Southern Belle, and she's dancing her heart out to these TikTok videos with this urban music. underneath. I mean, it I was just like, wow, that's so funny.
1: like, I really don't know where it kind of came from. I just know that When I was like younger, I started in like ballet and tap and like jazz and everything like that. But then I always loved like way more like fast paced, upbeat, something with a really good beat. I always loved. But then when I was younger, I saw the movie Step Up. That was what like introduced me to like hip hop and then street dancing. And I fell in love with it. And I was like, oh my god, I want to learn how to like do hip hop. I want to that And every time I went to a dance convention, you know, they have tons of other classes and then there'd be like one or two hip hop ones. That's what I looked forward to every single day. I was like prepared for the hip hop. I loved it so much. My studio didn't offer it when I was younger. So like that, those like two days at a dance convention was when I was like living my best life, like loving it. And the older I got, the more into it I got. And the more I like figured out how much love I have for it so then of course like i started listening to the music as well but it also helped that i grew up with a mom and dad who were very like versatile with their genres because my mom grew up with country music but then she was like the biggest fan of michael jackson my dad would listen to like acdc but also listen to like eminem and so like in the car on the way to school we'd listen to like on the way to our little like Christian private school on the way we'd listen to like Eminem and ACDC and like that was our like morning jam when I was like in elementary school. So (laughs) I grew up with a very versatile you know love for music and then the more I got into dance and the more I got into hip-hop the more I started listening to more like R&B and rap and hip-hop and that's like the biggest shock factor when people like look at my playlists.
0: I'm like okay she can act, she can dance, and then I heard you singing. I'm like, okay, okay, we gotta get back to the singing thing, but what did you learn how to sing? I heard some yodeling, I heard some like some musicality, some tonality, your vocal tones, amazing. So I was like, okay, this is not the person, this is not an average person trying to go from acting to singing with no chops whatsoever. So you can sing, you can dance, you can act. This sounds like a triple threat.
1: It is. You know, I grew up, my grandpa was a country singer in Texas. And so I grew up with music and singing and then started getting more shy when I hit like 11 and I started getting into musical theater. I became really shy when it came to singing because I was so comfortable with dancing and singing is like a whole nother element to put yourself out there. And, you know, I started training more and more on it. And yeah, I just, I fell in love with singing just as much as I did with acting and dancing. And yeah, so when I got to do like Julian the Phantoms, and I got to sing on that. That was so exciting, and I also got to do it like in a character voice as well. And then with a cowgirl song, that was the first time I got to sing like the music that kind of introduced me to singing and like playing guitar, which was country. So it was like this really cool like full circle moment.
0: And what was it like working with like, you know, country music stars? One of the actresses from one of your sh- the, the, the films you played in was from America's Got Talent. What was it like working with her? Okay, so what was it like working with Darcy? Were you guys, like, every time you were in between takes, did you, like, go to the back? Did you go to your green room, your dressing rooms? Did you harmonize? Were you like, oh. I mean, like, what were you guys doing in between takes?
1: She's incredible. It, it was really funny. I actually watched her on her season of America's Got Talent, and we, like, voted for her. We loved her. And then we went to the Nickelodeon Kids' Choice Awards, and I saw her there. And so like I went up to her and I was like, oh my God, I think you're great, congratulations. And she was like, oh, thank you. And that was like 2018, 17, like that. And then right before, I was actually like, I think it was like a couple weeks before I even auditioned for the film, I saw that she followed me because we have mutual friends. So I, like, I followed her back because I was like, oh, that's sweet. And you know, I'm a fan of her, so I'm gonna follow her back. And then the craziest thing, I was literally in Oklahoma and I was in the recording studio the first day. The team told me, they were like, yeah, and you know, Darcy's playing your younger sister. And I was like, Darcy, Lynn." So it just kind of happened to be this, just by chance and coincidence that like, we had just started following each other and then we both booked the job. So it was like such weird timing, but she was truly such like a pleasant ray of sunshine to be around on set. And she just made everything so great. and. You know, I gained a real sister out of it, for sure. So many times on set, we have this one duet together in the film called uh, Keep on the Sunny Side. And we, there's so many times on set where like, I'd start singing the chorus and then she'd start singing and then I'd join it. I don't think I did very well, but I attempted. And that's all I can say.
0: (laughs) Super difficult to be a ventriloquist, right? I mean, it's kind of like you're talking with your mouth closed but it isn't all the way closed, but it is closed. It's like, that's crazy. It's it's a difficult talent to have. Yeah, you have a, so speaking of which, you have all these different types of genres of film you've already been a part of. Cheerleading films, like mean girl type films, and there's like these musical films, you know, different dialects you're talking in different accents. How do you prepare for all these different types of roles? What's your process?
1: I think each character is different. There, so I think every approach is different. I have like similar ones. I don't ever really go method. I think it it depends on the tone of the project as well. So for like, for example, like with Night Squad, it was a very like fun bubbly character. And at the time I was so young and like new and excited. So it was very easy to just take that and put that into the character and then just make her even more hyper. So that was very easy, but then for like Carrie and Julie and the Phantoms, that was the polar opposite. And for that one, I did watch a lot of like series or movies or things like that that had like a mean girl in it, and little inspirations from tons of different characters and kind of wrapped them into like one little box, and then added my own little like thought process with Carrie as well. And then with like Haley and a cowgirl song, I felt super connected to that character because of my upbringing with country music. My grandpa was a singer and I would have stage fright with singing. So I connected with Haley on so many levels. So I think it kind of depends on each and every character and how you approach it.
0: Just had like this whole bring on vibe, like Kirsten Dunst, Gabriel Union type of vibe. I was like, whoa, who is this version of uh, Savannah, right? And so tell us about where you were born and raised. You were born and raised in Houston. How was that? Was it Sugar Land? Was it Spring? What, what, you know, what, what area did you grow up in?
1: I spent so much time downtown, like literally in the heart of Houston, because I grew up on the outskirts, like more countryside, but then when I got into musical theater, I trained at the Th- Theater Under the Stars, Humphrey School Musical Theater, for like five years, and that was in the heart of downtown Houston. And so I was constantly over there, and it was very like beneficial for me, very impactful. So I'm very, very lucky. I like got to grow up around that for sure.
0: Houston is unparalleled. People don't really understand like that's like the mecca, the metropolitan mecca of the South. I mean, the Houston Chronicle is a forty billion dollar plus a year, year uh, paper. The nightlife is great. Um, so many different types of people and cultures and. People with different backgrounds it's just such a celebratory overall global type city now back to singing are you putting together an album or are you going to be doing anything singing wise or in the studio or are you thinking about writing more um you know to start your own album
1: definitely want to especially during covid i really got into songwriting and that's when i kind of like picked up the guitar again and started practicing and You know, I really got into songwriting. I really found love for it. It's definitely something that I want to do at some point in my life and just put it out there just because I want to. Not really like, I'm gonna do this because I want this and this and this to happen. More so just like, I've done this. I have a lot of fun with it. And I've been in a recording studio now for two different projects and I love that process. So now that I love so many aspects about it, I'd really love to do that for sure. Uh,
0: These last couple of years, in the pandemic you have opportunity we've seen you before you had on jeans and t-shirts and a cut midriff but now it's like your your whole vibe is changing you're growing up right before
1: a lot of people tell me that i look very like similar to when i did on like night squad or things like that but every now and then especially like in the past year or so i think You know, I'm hitting that like early 20s era and like that time of my life where like, your look does change and you're starting to mature. Everyone takes different paths and everyone goes for something different. But I think for me, my biggest thing has always been like, be yourself 100%, be super authentic, like just be who you want to be. And that's good enough for, for you, that's good enough for anyone because, you know, there's only one version of you on this earth, so like, make it count and be who you want to be. And that's who I'm kind of like finding and I've really found in the past year. And I think when I was a little bit younger, I used to have this thought of like, oh, I have to do this. And like, I have to do this if I want to be looked at a certain way, or I have to do this if I want to be seen in a certain like light and everything like that. And I realized very quickly in the industry that like, that's not something that you have to do to be successful or to have a great career. And, you know, with everyone, it's very different. But for me, I like, I like to play with my style. I like to play with different looks. I like to really see like what I'm feeling like that day and everything like that. And it's all about just like coming into your own and kind of growing up.
0: You found style, you know, what do you think in the immediate future would really make you feel great um, do you think, think like a Jeepers Creepers, um, where the cinematography is amazing, a Blair Witch Project? Something that can showcase a little bit of awe of what you can do. You're singing, you're dancing, you're screaming, you're yelling, <laughs> you know, like what, your acting chops. You know, there's a lot involved in scary movies. Do you think scary movies in your immediate future?
1: I'd, 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 I'd absolutely love it. Like when I automatically think of like dream roles or dream projects, there's a lot that come to mind, but like automatic one, I think I've said it like a million times before, but like I would absolutely die to play Rapunzel in like the live action Tangled movie if they ever did that. I'd love, love, love to do a superhero film or like something that had to do with action, like Marvel Universe is another thing that would be so incredible, but scary movie. I would love to do like horror or scary or like slasher, like something like that. But it's it's really ironic because I don't like scary movies. Like freaking out, can't, like I, it's too much for me, but like I love haunted houses. I'm super backwards like that, but I think it'd be so much fun to be in a movie. Like we saw, um, we actually went and saw Scream, like when it came out and I was right. like, this would be so, that would be such a fun film to be a part of. Like the Scream franchise would be so sick. I, I actually like really liked it even though I don't like scary movies. I was like, that's sick, I like that. So definitely would love to do a scary movie for sure.
0: What about if you were able to get a opportunity to work on Broadway?
1: Oh, that's that's another like massive dream of mine. I was, I was really lucky back in like 2017, I used to do uh, these choreography DVD videos with a company called iTheatrics. So I grew up doing those in New York, like almost every summer. And then uh, they were putting together this performance um, with the cast of Chicago on Broadway, like in their theater right. in house for um, the composer John Kander for his like 90th birthday. And the company asked me, or at Theatrics, they asked me, they were like, would you want to be a part of our, like, select group of people to perform on stage? And I was like, in a Broadway theater? Absolutely, say less. And so I, like, showed up and I learned, like, a few numbers for it. And then we performed on the stage. And I remember, like, it had been a while since I'd been on, like, an actual stage in a theater, because I had been in L.A. for about, like, a year and a half, two years at that point, and strictly doing TV and film. And then when I went out, I was like, this is still such a huge dream of mine to do this one day. Even for like a short run, it'd be an absolute like dream come true for sure. I'd love it.
0: Let's just touch back on the other subject again. I think there's a big difference when you see celebrities start out as child actors and and then it's transition into becoming an adult actor, well known or celebrated. What was the difference between being a childhood star versus being an adult star?
1: You know, I think it kind of like hit like a whirlwind type of thing. I don't think it like really hit when I was younger. I, I, you know, I would like, I, I don't think it really hit me until I went out once. And I was at like, I think I went to like Universal Studios or something with one of my cast members. And we like went out and then these like little kids ran up to us and they were like, are you Sage and Buttercup on Night Squad? And we were like, "Yeah, that's us." And then they were like, oh, "Can we get a picture?" And I think that was the first time it like really hit, because like seeing numbers on Instagram, that's like one thing. And I don't really think I ever classified like I've never classified my worth with like Instagram or like my status. I've never classified it with Instagram following or likes or comments or things like that. And when that happened, I was like, "Wait, people like actually watch the show?" Like, it was like this thing of like, "What? There's no way." So. I think, like, feeling that at such a young age, it also really showed me that, like, people will, if they are a fan of you or they're a fan of your projects, they will watch what you do. They will watch what you post. They will really, like, take what you do. And, you know, you want to make sure that you put your best foot forward and you want to make sure that when you're, when you know, when you are posting, when you are speaking out about things, you want to make sure that you're providing, like, information for these younger generations, too. So it almost, like, gave me this really big like realization of how important my word is on social media or like in person or in interviews or things like that with people who follow me or watch what I do and it gave me this really big moment of like okay well now I'm like I'm gonna be a role model and I'm gonna make sure that like I speak about the right things I'm gonna say stuff that like they need to be aware of and not just like oh look at what I'm wearing or like oh look at where I'm going you know really important stuff that the younger generation needs to know and so I think as time has gone on and the older I've gotten, that's just become more and more important to me. And, you know, I still love it. I love it when people like come up and they like say hello, or they say like, I loved you on the show, or like, I love like this one TikTok you posted or anything like that. I love it when they come up and say that because it just lets me know that like, hey, you're doing something right because they like appreciate what you do and You know, it always like makes my heart happy. And I I always try and talk to people for a few minutes if they can and if I can, I always try and talk to them and get to know them too. Cause I want to know people who like support what I do. And it really does mean a lot, so.
0: So that's awesome that you want to be such a beacon of hope and light during such dark times um, that we're going through right now, the Ukrainian war, um, you know, the pandemic, the recession, uh, people are struggling mentally and that's awesome to hear that you want to become more than just a celebrity That you want to use your platform to help others navigate through this this new journey we're all on together that's uh, very challenging to say the least how did you become so intellectual so cerebral can you tell us about your schooling your educational background
1: so um, when I was in Texas for like elementary school, I went to I went to a private school, um, and you know I went there like I said till about fifth grade, and then I, when I got into musical theater, since it was downtown Houston, in downtown Houston, we lived like an hour hour and fifteen minutes away from that with traffic, so there wouldn't be chances for me to like make it to my classes on time for the academy, and then also like get my homework done and then go back to school. It was going to be way too much, and so. I did this online program. There's an actual like school I could go to in Houston. And I did a couple days every now and then to like get all my coursework and everything like that. But, um, I did the online like satellite version of it and I did it, um, like at the Academy, like I would get dropped off in the morning. I would rehearse for a show. And then for like four or five hours, I'd do my schoolwork and then I'd have classes. And that program was with gateway America prep and they were so great. So flexible with me and just, really were like there for me whenever I needed it, which was fantastic to have. And I stuck with them until I graduated high school. So even when I moved out to LA, I still was able to do it satellite. And it's funny, it's not like being homeschooled because it wasn't like my mom teaching me. And the crazy part about it was that this kind of coursework you really like taught yourself and you like taught yourself your own lessons, if that makes sense. like It was basically like you reading your lessons and you figuring it out. But then of course, if you had questions, you would just call like your teacher and who you send your test into and everything like that. But with that school and how that program worked, it really taught me so much responsibility.
0: How did it feel to finally meet the right person or persons or team to really put you in the right direction? How did it feel when you met that one agent or manager?
1: Oh, it's really funny. There's like crazy, story. So I had been going out to LA. I went out in like October of 2015. And I went out and I went to like some workshops, some classes, really loved like TV and film. And I hadn't done anything, didn't have an agent. And then at a certain point, I told my mom, like, I really want to do this. So then she's like, Okay, let's see what we can do. So she threw together, like my resume that I would had for musical theater for years, my headshot, and then just sent it out to like 30 different agencies just to see if anyone res- would respond. And then by the crazy, like, all God's timing, we were out in LA. We had just landed, literally just landed and got to the hotel and put our bags down. And then my mom got an email from my now agent. And her name's Robin Nassif. And she was like, I really love your daughter. I'd love to meet with her next time you guys are in LA. When do you come back? And my mom was like, we just got here. So the next day I went to Robin's house and I read some scenes for her right then and there. And she told me like, I wanna have you a part of my roster. Like I wanna sign you. I'm gonna introduce you to some managers. You see who is a great fit for you. And then we'll go from there. And then I found my now manager, which is Tina Treadwell and then also Kim Coleman. So I was signed with all of them. And then they were like, how fast can you get out here? And I was like, you mean for like a visit? And they said, no, how fast can you move out here? So then we (laughs) went home, packed up our entire lives and then moved out two weeks later. And, you know, I've been in LA ever since and that team I've had since day one and they've fully believed in me and they've worked incredibly hard and they're always trying to see like what's the next best project for me. And we're super collaborative on like, okay, wait, let's take this step. And, you know, they're just such a wonderful team. And they've believed in me since day one and they continue to, and I can't thank them enough for that.
0: She worked at Norman Lear Productions. I believe she was a casting person before. You defied so many odds by coming to Hollywood, moving in a women's notice to LA and having gathered together such an amazing team. You have such an amazing camp behind you that's pushing you. But let's be honest, let's face the music. A lot of young actors just don't get this opportunity, just don't happen to meet some of the most prestigious people in Hollywood to help them alongside their career. What words of advice and encouragement would you offer an aspiring actor, singer, dancer, artist, TikToker, influencer? If
1: you truly have like a passion for it and you want to do it, because that's something that people need to realize about this business is that if you barely put into into anything of your like training or your work or anything like that and you just think like oh it's going to happen as long as i just like show up showing up is half the battle the other half is truly like training and learning and knowing exactly what you want to do and this business is already so hard on young like young people and aspiring actors and i'm one of the very fortunate and lucky ones that has had as successful as a career as I do. And that's something that I always try to tell people is like, you will, pro- like, in the beginning of my career, I got a million no's, but then I got that one yes, and that one yes was Night Squad, and it changed my entire life. So if you wait for that one yes, it can change your entire life. So my biggest thing that I always tell people is like, train, work hard, know exactly what you wanna do, know exactly what roles you don't wanna do, know what kind of actor you wanna be and then go for it and don't give it up. Never give it up. And even in the moments when you're like, oh, if I get one more no, it's just gonna kill me and I'm so close. If you're getting closer, like you're getting closer to that one yes. So don't give up on it. And you know, the more you believe in yourself, the more casting directors and people who audition you will believe in you. And that's something that's huge, 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 huge is that you have to believe in
0: yourself for sure. You are on a path, a fearless, fast roller coaster type of a music park path, and a journey that was going light speed, and all of a sudden, COVID hit. How did that impact you? How did that make you feel? Did you feel like you're gonna be able to regain that momentum or get it back? And now that things are opening up again, it seems like it's starting off where it left, and now everything is. You know, you're in this you're in this COVID moment too. How did you compartmentalize dealing with that? You know, instead of uh, melting into your misery, or uh, you know, letting that negativity of us not being able to leave our homes, being on curfews, being locked down, you how did you how did you how did you take that negative and make it into a positive?
1: 2019 was my busiest year prior to COVID and I really felt like things picking up in my career and I felt like, oh my gosh, I'm getting like all these amazing opportunities and I'm like really building a name for myself in the industry and it it was this like amazing high of like, oh my gosh, this roller coaster keeps going up and I'm like, "It's, it's unreal, I'm so blessed, this is amazing. And then the second like lockdown hit, it just seemed like everything went silent and part of me at first was like, you know, I had a really busy year last year. It's good to like just chill for a minute, take a breath, like accept, like love everything that happened and get to really appreciate that. But then, you know, after like two months, you're like, okay. I think with a lot of people, we all had to come to terms with like our new reality. And I really took that time. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to focus on me. I'm going to focus on like things that I maybe stopped doing for a while, which was like playing guitar. I stopped doing that for a little bit because I did get so busy. So then I like picked that back up and then I started songwriting. And, you know, then when Julie and the Phantoms started getting ready to premiere, then it was like, we picked back up with press and, you know, little videos that we had to do and things like that. And we picked back up with that. But even that was so strange to do that all from like my bedroom and you know, I think we all got so used to that reality and then we all got comfortable with it. And then the, the crazy switch was when everything started picking back up because then the following year, um, last year, that's when things started picking back up. And I went back on set and filmed something and then traveled and then did PR like in person or like went to an event. And it was like the craziest thing that
0: I've not being able to go outside, it's been lifted. Lockdown's been lifted, and then now you hop back on the pendulum and you're just moving right along. Do you have any community-based or philanthropic organizations you want to speak to as well?
1: Trying to work with like LA Children's Hospital, St. Jude, things like that. And you know, I also I also have a cameo account and I donate uh, some of the proceeds to the Michael J. Fox Foundation. Parkinson's disease, because my grandpa has Parkinson's disease. And so I donate some of the proceeds to that. And then back when I was in uh, Texas, I used to work with uh, the River Performing Arts Center, which was affiliated with Tuts, my academy that I trained at. And if if anyone's in Houston, they should absolutely look into it. It's one of the best organizations and they work with children, children of like special needs and disabilities and teach them about the arts, singing, dancing, acting. And I, I used to volunteer there and it was something that I absolutely loved and I loved seeing all these like young kids learn about musical theater and like falling in love with performing. and really showing that like just because you have certain things that make you different, that doesn't mean that it makes you like bad different. It makes you so amazing and special and just wonderful. And you know, just because you have that doesn't mean that you can't do things that I can do, you know, that we would go up on stage and perform together and it was something that was really, really special
0: and your voice and your platform to such a great cause with children who are being faced with disabilities and obstacles that are impeding them from possibly doing and achieving some of their dreams. You mentioned your grandfather several times throughout this piece. Can you explain to everyone about Parkinson's? Can you break it down on you know, how it changes the body, um, how your grandfather was before versus now, and how it impacts the way you deal with him on a day-to-day basis.
1: Yeah, you know, with Parkinson's, I think people people who are diagnosed with it, it does affect them differently to different degrees, and with my grandfather, unfortunately, it did hit him pretty hard, and so the best way I can explain it, um, because I'm not great with, like, doctor terms. So I'm not going to even try and do that. But the best way that I can explain it is that with Parkinson's disease, you know, it it starts off with like a small shake in the hand. A lot of people who have that shake in the hand as they get older, they, that's like one of the first signs of it. Um, but he was diagnosed with it about eight, nine years ago, something like that. I could be wrong, but uh, around that time. And, you know, as time went on, he slowly like lost certain mobile abilities certain vocal abilities and at first sometimes he would just kind of like it took him a little bit longer to get up or you know he would need a little bit of help walking from one person to the next and his speech would get a little bit slower or he maybe would forget certain things but you know as time went on now it's to a point where he basically is in a bed or in a wheelchair he can't walk on his own at all um he needs like, 24-hour care, pretty much, he's, it puts a lot on their brain, and they're not aware of, like, who people are, and then also the connecting, like, part of your brain to your mouth isn't there sometimes, like, he has trouble chewing, swallowing most days, and it's very hard for him to even get out words, but then there are good days where he'll see me, and he knows who I am, and he'll say it very softly, but kind of talk to me, but you know, it's it's something that's really, really hard, <clears throat> really hard to see on someone that you grew up with, you know, always cracking jokes, always playing the guitar, singing like super lively to see them, you know, be this way. And it, it's something that's really hard on your family members, on anyone who knew them. And, you know, he's still so strong besides Parkinson's. He's as healthy as an ox. It's crazy, but you know, we're just, we're very, very blessed and lucky that he's still so strong physically and, you know, with his heart and everything, but it does take a toll on a lot of people. And I don't think a lot of people know that, that that's something that myself and my family do deal with and go through, because I don't put too much of my personal life on social media, especially with that. But, you know, it's something that anyone who has a family member that suffers with Parkinson's, I immediately feel for them. And I know exactly what they're going through because it is a thing to see. But You know, every now and then he'll still crack like one little joke and somehow he'll remember it and it just makes us all like so crazy happy. But yeah, it's it's definitely a tough, tough thing to go through.
0: Uh, To speak with us and to share with us on so much of your successes and telling us about your experiences with dealing with your, you know, your, your grandfather and Parkinson's and how it's impacted you and your family. I really, really appreciate that. I think the audience members are gonna appreciate that as well. And so are your fans, because there's so many people dealing with this. Um, dementia, Parkinson's, um, just the, 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 the uh, trials and tribulations with dealing with uh, a person that you love, that has an ailment. Um, a lot of times we don't hear these stories from from some of our our role models or some of our favorite actors, actors or actresses or celebrities. And so for you to share share that with us, we greatly appreciate that.
1: Bye. Thank you guys.